Josh, where do you want this box of old Sega Saturn posters? Just put that anywhere you can find room for it. I'll throw it out when we're done cleaning this old studio up. Okay. Hey, what's this? What? It's an old dusty cassette tape. <sighs> Kane and Rinse the Lost Issue. What's that one? Oh, um, just just put that back. No, no, come on, what is it? You don't want to know, trust me. Oh, come on, you got me curious now. Where'd that old tape deck go? Hello everybody and welcome to Kane and Rinse Volume 2, Issue 66, where we'll be talking about Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back, for the Sony PlayStation. Joining me, Leon Cox, is Joshua Garrity. Hello there. And Darren Gargett. Booga booga. Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back then. Let's talk about our histories with the game. Darren, when did you first play Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back? <laughs> Leon, it's been a long time. No. No, let go of me! Darren, what's going on? Mm, I, I don't know. When hinges creak on 3DSs and strange and frightening sounds echo through Silent Hill. Whenever battery lights flicker, when the controller is fully charged, that is the time when gaming ghosts are present earning their achievements with ghoulish delight. Welcome, foolish Mortal Kombat players, to Sound of Play. Or Hound of Play. That's scary. Sound of Play. <laughs> uh, uh, hanged and Rinse. Or Cane and, and Mince. It's like if you cut some... Like a person. If you cut a person up, it's not... doesn't sound scary, but I'll keep working on it. I am your host, your ghost host. <laughs> Little did you know that by saying the phrase Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back three times, you released me from my eternal prison. I don't know how it works, but I'm not questioning things if you don't. With Sound of Play, we bring you an ectoplasmic midnightly compilation mix of some of our, and your, favorite pieces from the mini video game soundtracks we've been frightened by over the centuries. Joining me, Huel Wuthering, or should I say, the ghost of Huel Wuthering, in Sound of Play 27, are Joshua Scarity. Hello? And Darren Gargoyle. Yes? What are you going to do to us? Oh, I've had my revenge on Leon already. He's the only one I have... history with. What happened between the two of you? It was many years ago. Welcome to Canaanrit's Issue 12, where we'll be talking about the new game that is sweeping the nation, rolling a hoop down a street with a stick. Joining me, Huel Withering, is a child who is an expert hoop roller, Laddie Leon Cox. Golly, sir, it's Jim Dandy being on the radio. Maybe someday I can host the show. Huh, not while I'm still living and breathing. Hmm, we'll see about that. I was killed in a freak hoop rolling accident later that day, and I was always sure that Leon was behind it. I've been haunting this studio ever since, just waiting for someone to say, Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex strikes back three times, 
so that I may have my revenge. Um, okay. Right, well, I'm back in my rightful place as host of the show, and today we're going to have a very spooky sound of play, and I have a song that will scare your trousers off. This is a song from 2015, from Bloodborne. It is called Cleric Beast, and it's composed by Tsukasa Saito. It's a, a really magnificent piece that captures the grandeur of fighting this enormous beast atop a bridge in the middle of this forsaken city. And it really increases the tension as it goes throughout. Most of this creepy music that you hear in video games is meant to kind of set the mood or set an oppressive atmosphere. And so it's kind of refreshing and scary to have something so bombastic. Anyways, without further ado, Cleric Beast by Tsukasa Saito. That song chills me to the bone. Or maybe it's just too cold in the studio. If you'll excuse me, I want to make some boo-long tea and boo-berry muffins. I'll, I'll, I'll be right back. Darren, we have to do something. I mean, for God's sake, 
blood-starved beast is a better track on the Bloodborne soundtrack. Why would he pick Cleric Beast? We have to exercise this gaming ghoul from the studio, or who knows what might happen to us. I know, it's just the thing is... Ah, I knew I had one around here somewhere. Here, it's the Spectronomicon. Is that a book that details how to fight spectres? Uh, Not exactly. It's just a ZX Spectrum instruction booklet. But they do have a section about fighting ghosts in the back. Instruction manuals were so much more useful back then. Here it is. It says, should a ghastly apparition take over your TV show, radio station or podcast, you must cast him out by the end of the episode. Or you'll host the show for all eternity. We don't have much time. We have to find a way to defeat him before the ninth and final track of the show. Oh, he's coming back. Hide the Spectronomicon. Sorry to keep you waiting. Mm, yeah, uh, no problem. I was just about to introduce my first track. Uh, yeah, uh, rather unsurprisingly, uh, if you know me, which you know if you've listened to Kenemich before, you would know this. Uh, you know this shouldn't shouldn't come as a surprise. I am choosing a, ba- a banjo kazooie track, and it's Mad Monster Mansion by Grant Kirkhope. Um, I just I love banjo kazooie. I feel like it's one of the finest three D platformings. You know platform games of all time but it's it's bolstered you know um, magnificently by the soundtrack and each world kind of has its own vibe and alongside this vibe is uh, you know is um well the, the kind of the environments are rooted by the, the audio that surrounds it um yeah so mad monster mansion is brilliant you know it, it kind of you can hear walls in the background you can sort of hear i, I love Halloween style tunes that sound like they're being haunted by UFOs. They have that noise in the background. I, I feel like you know Grant Kirkhope's Halloweenish tracks have that. They uh, also like Halloween tracks that um, have like wind gusting in the background and stuff like that. Just kind of ambient noises that help push uh, a Halloweenish song along. Uh, is you know it's, it, it just makes it so much more atmospheric and it's quite weird about you know saying that about a game where. A, a bear and a bird are running around collecting notes and jiggies but I feel like this track is definitely one of the the finer comical you know Halloween tracks in video games
Mad Monster Mansion by Grant Kirkhope from Banjo-Kazooie. So, what have you been playing lately? Oh, I've been playing some Halo Screech, The Secret of Monster Island, Life is Strangle, Assassin's Bleed, Frankenstein's Gate, Dracula Noir, and Lego Star Wars. Lego Star Wars? Yes, it's just a good game. No shame in that. Right, anyway, I better introduce my first track. So I've chosen It's Here from the Alien Isolation uh, soundtrack. Um, I wasn't able to find out the exact person who composed this track, but the soundtrack uh, as a whole was composed by Christian Henson, Joe Henson, and Alexis Smith. Now, Alien Isolation isn't actually a game I've managed to complete yet, uh, mainly because I find it so terrifying that um, I, I, find, I find it hard to justify a reason to uh, submit myself to that much stress. But this track really reminded me of the sci-fi horror movies of that era. Obviously, the soundtrack riffs a lot from the original... Um, the original film, which I, you know, I think the first Alien film is a masterpiece. It's just one of the greatest films of all time. But it also um, has its own kind of unique flavour, and it's here as an example of that. Um, it's drawing a lot from other um, sci-fi horror movies from this era, um, uh, specifically The Thing. It has that kind of 
pulsating beat uh, to it the same way the the Things uh, soundtrack does. So this track kind of feels like a combination of all of my favourite sci-fi horror movies from you know the 70s and 80s. Uh, so here it is. It's It's Here by Christian Henson, Joe Henson and Alexis Smith. What a spooky track that one is. Uh, guys, this is a little embarrassing, but do you have a little ghoul's room here? A what? A, what? a, a, a wrath room? Mm, sorry, not following. A rest in peace room? I, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Oh, come on, I've been imprisoned for decades and I'll just find one myself. Introduce the next track, I'll be back soon. This is our chance. Let's look at the Spectronomicon again. It says uh, to banish a ghost before the last tune. 
The warrior must harness the power of the moon. What do you suppose that means? I don't know. Maybe we need Bayonetta, a, a Bloodborne hunter, Cave Johnson, the Kerbal Space Program guys. Oh, he's coming back. Hide the book. Introduce your next track. I tried to not duplicate the consoles here, like in terms of you know Banjo Kazooie being an N64 game. But when I was trying to remember my you know my most haunting tracks from video games, uh, this one stuck in my head. Uh, I just I couldn't stop playing it once I thought of it, and ever since I've played it on the N64, uh, this track, uh, you know, combined with the hand things that grab you from the ceiling with that horrible shadow that looms over Link, uh, you know, I had to choose Forest Temple by Ko- Koji Kondo. Uh, you know, thinking about it now, I'm getting the goosebumps on my legs and you know neck and stuff. It's, it's just a, an incredible piece, and it's not really like a traditional horror tune if you know what I mean but it, it just sort of it has an echoey tone to it you can hear it you know at the start like those kind of like xylophone sounding notes they, they kind of echo and there's like a like a weird sort of I don't know it's really weird to say but kind of like an aura to that track it kind of like just you can sort of it kind of feels like a presence you know and I guess that's why I feel like it's the, probably the most horror track of the series now Zelda Ocarina of Time can definitely get weird when it wants to just like the rest of the Zelda series but I feel like Ocarina of Time because it's the first 3D one they probably didn't know how hard to push the horror elements and I feel like it really maybe because it was my first Zelda game it really hit me hard when you know when I entered this place Um, and weirdly I often call this the Apple Temple which there are no apples in Ocarina of Time so I can't explain myself have a listen
and that was Forest Temple by Koji Kondo from The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. We're moving to something very different and much more recent here. This is a particular track from Bioshock that I thought was quite haunting. It's called Cohen's Masterpiece. It's composed by Gary Scheiman. And this is played in-game by one of the characters that you meet in Rapture. It is a, a mad artist named Cohen who composes this piano piece and by the time he's performing it he's been driven completely mad and you can hear that madness in the chords that he hits and in the way that the song waxes and wanes in tempo which is uh, an appropriate tonal and textural metaphor for the city of Rapture itself being deep beneath the waves of the ocean. Cohen's masterpiece is a song that hits notes just before or just after they're supposed to be hit, and it always keeps me on edge. Something about it is beautiful, and if this were played entirely straight, this would be quite a magnificent piano composition. But as it is, it remains one of the most haunting tracks from any video game.
Cohen's masterpiece from Bioshock. That reminds me, I have unfinished business I need to take care of. I still have some library books to turn in. I hope they're not mad. Take over for a while, guys. Darren, have you found any warriors that can harness the power of the moon? We're running out of time. I'm trying. Suppose we just shine some moonlight in his eyes. It's the middle of the afternoon. It's not going to get dark before the show ends. I uh, think I should just moon him. <sighs> I, I, I really don't... Well, it's worth a try. I'm... I'll go ahead and introduce my next track. Okay, so my next track is The Promise Reprise by Akira Yamaoka. Um, it's from Silent Hill 2. Um, a lot of people are really familiar with the theme of Laura from Silent Hill 2, which is a fantastic piece of music. But when I listen to it, I don't think creepy. I don't think eerie. It's very emotional. Um, but this track, The Promise for a Prize, has this kind of unsettling beauty to it. It's not horrific in the usual sense. It's not, you know, violins or cacophonous noise or just unsettling synth or anything like that. It's just a piano weeping. But there's something very odd and unusual about this track. And it instantly takes me back to the world that James Sunderland uh, enters into in Silent Hill 2. So this is The Promise Reprised by Akira Yamaoka. I'm back. Boy, do those late fees add up. Darren, put your bum away. I'll leave you alone for two minutes. It didn't work. Well, think of something else. Darren, would you care to grace us with another song? Yes, and my next track is Lament of the Highborn by Russell Brown and vocals by Vanjie Gunn. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. This is from World of Warcraft, and uh, more specifically the um, the Horde side uh, with the uh, the undead in their city, uh... 
or the Undercity. I loved World of Warcraft, and I often think about it with such uh, such nostalgia. And you know, this game has been kicking around for 11 years now, and it still shows a bigger subscriber base than any MMO. Um, and yeah, so that's a testament to just the quality of the game. But before Cataclysm happened, and it's probably there now, but before Cataclysm happened, um, there was this epic quest line in the Undercity, which Undercity already has an, an incredible atmospheric general ambiance behind it, with like brushing noises, like uh, windy brushing tree noises and kind of screeches and all sorts of weird Halloweenish um, noises, which I almost chose for this track. But the more I thought about Undercity and how much you spend in that skull infest, you know, skull infested, I guess, you know, in a city, I remember that um, there was this epic quest line which involved getting this necklace for um, Sylvanas, Lady Sylvanas. Now, I'm not one to often care about the story of World of Warcraft or what you do within the quests. I'm one of those that just buttons through, accept, accept, accept. But when it came to handing this quest item in and you're rewarded not only with XP and probably some, you know, bit of garbage loot, you're also treated to this incredible piece, which just, it kind of took me by surprise because it kind of... I don't know if it kind of rings out through the whole of Undercity when you listen to it, but it certainly feels like that everyone, when I was listening to it, it kind of felt like everyone else knew about it at the same time, and it kind of, uh, it's a hard one to explain, but World of Warcraft seems, it has an internal, well, has a clock system that, you know, parallels real life, depending on where you, where you live. It kind of feels like we were all sharing this track at the same time, and maybe because the group we, I was in, you know, got the quest and handed it in and we're all enjoying this track that suddenly just sprung up, you know, in our ears. But there was sort of a weird sense of community that I haven't really felt in any other game. I I almost forgot about this and only because I was searching through, you know, Undersea, Brill and, you know, the other locations around it that I was reminded of Banji Gunn's brilliant performance. And uh, yes, yeah, she um she does them live at BlizzCons and you can YouTube them and check them out. You can also buy it on iTunes and uh, yeah, I, it's World of Warcraft soundtrack's brilliant from start to finish, in my opinion. But this is something else.
very spooky track. Thank you for that one. Hey, Hugh, um, could you take a look at this? Oh, lovely. A photograph of the moon. And how does that make you feel? Weak? As if you're being driven from your unnatural afterlife? Actually, I find it quite calming and serene. Thank you for that. Drat. Track eight. We're running out of time. So, um, yes, uh, this is my last track. Um, it's Death by Disasterpiece from the Fez uh, soundtrack. Uh, Fez has featured quite a lot on the Sound of Play. Um, and it's not a game that um, I think people immediately associate with horror or fear or what have you. But there are moments in this game that are creepy and and horror-esque in, in, in their own way. And I think this track, more than any other track on the album, um, kind of represents that kind of creepy tone that Fez sometimes strikes. Um, also listening to this, um, I'm immediately reminded of the film uh, It Follows, which uh, Disasterpiece actually composed the soundtrack for. And I can't help but think the makers of that film uh, played Fez, uh, heard this track in particular, and thought, right, we've got our guys. We've got the guy, we've got the guy who is going to do the, uh, the soundtrack to It Follows. Um, it, it just... It's so unsettling and haunting and all the best words you can think of to describe this kind of synth horror music. Um, so this is Death by Disasterpiece.
A wonderful selection. We've reached the last song of the show. But before we play it, I wanted to thank you for releasing me, the ghost of Huel Wuthering, from my unholy prison. I also want to encourage our listeners to venture over to our forum at canaanrinse.com where they can request their favorite songs and will play a selection of those in the playlist for each show. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever you get your podcasts from. It really helps us out. Finally, before our last track, it's just up to me, Hugh Wuthering, to thank my co-hosts and future podcasting slaves, Joshua Garrity and Darren Gargat, for joining me today and forevermore. <laughs> Anyways, our final track today will make you commit suicide. <laughs> it is from Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow. And there is a particular story surrounding the track that I'm sure you've all heard before about how soon after the release of this game in 1996, there were a number of suicides of young children all around Japan. Whether or not the story is true, it remains a haunting detail that will forever be associated with this particular song, the theme of Lavender Town by Junichi Matsuda. It is a strange and very, very creepy piece that is made all the more haunting by the sounds of the Game Boy and its stingy, scratchy little speakers. But anyways, this is a lovely composition that will scare you out of your pants. That's it, the end of the show. I am forevermore the host of Canaan Rinse. You will learn to call me master. Darren, we failed. It's all over now. Hey, not so fast. Who are you? Carl uh, M- Moon. That's right. It's me, Carl Moon. 
And I'm not letting you take my friends to your poltergeist podcasting purgatory. Good alliteration there. Do you know what happens to ghosts around here? They get busted. You're too late. The final track has already played. Ah, but you see, I have a bonus track. A bonus track? No! I cast you back from whence you came, imprisoned forever within this game. No! Is that... A copy of Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back. Wicked. We'll be safe for now, as long as no one ever opens this case again. And now for the real final track of the show. So, the final pick of this Halloween sound of play is somewhat of a strange choice, but quite fitting on the topic for me. Um, it's the It's a track from the only game to ever give me nightmares. And this this is genuinely true. Uh, the, the the number of horror games I've played is you know quite high. I'm a big fan of the genre, the survival horror, horror, the the whole gamut of that kind of side of things. And it's not a game you're probably going to be expecting unless you know this story from me. And the composer, which I'll tell you now, will probably give the game away a little bit. It's Grant Kirkhope. Uh, the track is actually called Tranquil Hours, and it, it's quite fitting that the start of this track actually riffs quite heavily on the uh, Twin Peaks intro music. And the game that it's from is Viva Piñata. And now, I don't know why this is the only game to give me nightmares and, and really horrifically lucid dreams. I guess it's the high contrast colours and the super cheery music. And the, the the score to this game is really wonderful and happy and it's real peak rare uh, quality. And it's, you know, a lot of people always criticise Rare after the left for Microsoft and this and that. It's absolute nonsense. Rare did produce uh, this game for Xbox and for me it's up there with any of their classics and it's a great game even now but there's there's just something about this music is so happy it sticks in your head and it'll be there all day and unfortunately for me it's stuck in my head a little bit too much because that's sort of where the real bad dreams came from it was just too too goddamn happy um yeah a wonderful little track it's called tranquil hours from viva piñata released in 2006 from the legendary wonderful composer grant kirkhoff enjoy Thank you. 